you are listening to the empowering indian expats podcast if you are an indian living abroad feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories this is your host ehsan ali a long time it professional living in sydney australia who has made it his mission to find and unpack the stories strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring indian expats to help you and i reach our full potential I'm excited to speak to our guest this week Nahid Khan. Nahid comes from learning and development background. She moved to Dubai with her family in late 2018 and now runs an award-winning consulting firm in organizational change management. I'm curious to know how Nahid built an award-winning business from scratch in a new country. I also wanted to know how covid impacted her business. And Nahid is a master NLP practitioner so I'm keen to know how NLP has helped her during challenging times and how she uses NLP to help her clients. So without further ado, let's talk to Nahid. Hi Nahid, how are you? I'm good, Asan. How are you? Very good. Thank you. Welcome to the Empowering Indian Experts podcast. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. and as you know i covered the story of indian expats who have either transition into entrepreneurship or they have done uniquely really well in their career so my interest in talking to you has been you are an lnd professional learning and development professional back home in india uh, you moved to uae and you built your business from scratch and your business is called future wits you are a leadership behavioral expert and what i'm interested in is of course a little bit of your background and then how you went about building business in a new country where you've never been before then we will get a little bit of nlp and how it helps your clients and how it helps you in you know taking this uphill task of building a business on your own so that that would be the summary of next 45 minutes or so mm-hmm. looking forward to it So why don't you tell uh, tell talk a little bit about what your business future with Future Wits is into transformations and we transform businesses we transform lives relationships we transform leadership and we transform all of this by working on the human intelligence so our primary uh, customer is the human brain and wherever there is human brain you know the space doesn't matter whether it is in organizations or is it in chest individual relationships or is it in educational institutions we empower transformations sr uh, and there is a story behind it you know that this work was a gradual progression from when i started as an lnd professional and i was working with people for their professional and personal development yeah. and you know somewhere there always used to be a gap no matter how much of cap analysis work that we used to do no matter how much of the train you know need analysis work that we used to do but somehow the pro- the initiatives the programs they didn't serve the purpose as expected the return on investment investment in terms of time and money both was not very very you know um, promising when it came to the results of the initiatives of training and development and i've worked with the i've i've worked with the biggest of names in training and development in india i have worked as an impanel trainer for them they were very good as on but still there was something missing 
And that element of that something missing was the human level of acceptance, participants' acceptance of whatever you have, you were, you know, putting them in for, whether it was a communication training or soft skill training or sales training, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Mm. When you're putting in, when you're putting them in into a transition mode, are they ready for it? Do they even know what that transition is all about and what it is going to do? for them because whether you like it or you don't like it every human asks one question before anything else and that is what is in it for me me. exactly so that's that's where the human behavior the human mindset used to always become a kind of the limiting block for any kind of training and development any kind of change management initiatives to become a success and that's where I used to work. Even then, when I was not, uh, I did not have my own job, in fact, our own company. In fact, I was working as an employee and I worked with State Bank of India. And that was my first job as a, as a proper full-time professional trainer. I was, of course, doing impaneled work and working as a freelancer before that. Mm-hmm. But that was my first, uh, you know, proper um, professional uh, official mm-hmm. job. Yes, employment as a trader. And when I was there, I was, I, was, uh, I was the first one, in fact, in the region. And I was given a region which was lying at the bottom of the list in the country. You know? And in terms of the people were like, why do we need to do anything extra? Because we are government employees and we, are, you know, we paid well and our job is secured. Why should we take up any extra additional work? And uh, when I went in, they, that's what they did. Uh, they said that these are these 497 branches which are there in the region. And this is their activation ratio, which was less than 3%. Mm. And I was given those branches wherein, you know, it was not even accessible because it was in the remote part of the country. So there were not many accessible points to get there. But anyways, long story short, end of the year, the whole region was in the top 10 in the country. And I didn't teach them because these were people who are veterans. I mean, these were people who had worked yeah. in the bank. Yeah, they, they were there in the bank for 20 to 25 years. That was a minimum category of the people that I was working with. So all I needed to do was help them find a purpose and align it with their job. And that's exactly what I did. Just a small transition in their thinking patterns changed their behavior and changed the complete scenario of, you know, how sales was happening in the region. And all ethical sales, and son, year on year with, you know, the proper, I was there for three years. And in three years, we moved first, of course, in top 10. And the next year, we were in top three. And this was just by plain and simple identifying that one small need, which was what was in it for me. Because not, you know, every time people think reward and recognition is the way you can actually motivate people. But Mm -hmm. that's the, you know, when when it comes to actual consistent motivation, that's the last thing. Interesting. And that was already based on NLP practice that you do? I was certified as an NLP practitioner way late. In fact, I was first introduced to NLP when I was working in State Bank of India. And I was working with another trainer who had come in uh, for a special program that we were running. And while having a discussion, he just said, I was uh, was talking to him about certifications and everything. And then he spoke to me about, why don't you uh, look up NLP? And that's the first time I'd heard about NLP and I, I went and I looked it up and yeah, as, as he said, there were so many people in India who were offering NLP courses and mm. programs and everything. And then I looked it up and got a little bit of a research mode in me and went and researched and 
founder of Mount Richard Bandler, who's the one who's co-created NLP with uh, John Greiner. So I read them up, I read about them, how they started. I watched his videos. And then there was one decision that I made, and this was, I think, in 2006, that if I learn NLP, I learn it from Richard Bandler. Mm. That's it. So, you know, in fact, my organization gave me the choice that, you know, you won't, we, we will send you, we'll sponsor, because we were given those kind of benefits that, you know, from the organization that you go with your, go for your further education and certifications, and, and they used to support us with that. But my, my, my destination was uh, Richard Bandler, and that was a pretty long, long journey because, you know, he was offering only two programs, and that was one was in London and the other was in the U.S., and uh, that meant for me to take off from work for a pretty long time. So, you know, things were happening. We were running a campaign change management in the entire company, so there was a lot of things which were changing. So at that time, for me to move out was a tad bit difficult as I was, you know, taking care of the entire region. So anyways, that's that's where the seed of NLP was sown in me and it kept there. Yes, I was applying NLP in my work, but I was not applying NLP like I apply today. Like today, I know what is meta model, what are meta programs, you know. I have I have more tools than I have then, right. but the entire concept that, you know, NLP is all about changing thinking patterns. It's all about modeling success. It's all about, you know, uh, changing your behavior. Mm. That, that's something which I was doing even then as I'm. So I started applying NLP in my work unconsciously since 2006, right. but I only got conscious competence in NLP in 2016. Fantastic. So you were already aligned with the thought process that NLP teaches. I was okay. already doing it. I was already awesome. doing so it. So as an yes. LND professional, you did very well. And then at some point in time, you moved to UAE. Yeah, there's an interesting story behind why we came to UAE. My husband was, he's a, he's a real estate developer. He's got his own pharmaceuticals company back home in India. A well-established, you know, business out there happening with a long-term presence. They've been there in the, in the industry for quite some time now. So it was all well-established and well, you know, well done, well formed, well structured back home in India. And we were doing pretty well. I, after marriage, moved to Calcutta with my husband. I was in Assam before that. And uh, I started, that was my last stint with the job pit. You know, after marriage, I started on my own as a consultant. And I was started working with a lot of organizations. And there was this organization from Singapore, which approached me to uh, work for them as a consultant for design thinking. So I was a facilitator for design thinking. And I was coming to Dubai almost, you know, once, twice every month to come and deliver uh, workshops out here on design thinking. And uh, me and my husband, we used to travel in between. We both are travel freaks. So any minute we get a chance or an opportunity that there is a travel opportunity, we travel. In. So it's like, you know, there was a holiday almost happening every, every couple of months when I was traveling to Dubai. And we both fell in love with this place. And the energy, the positivity and everything, you know, and most importantly, we both are very futurist in terms of our vision and our work and everything, you know, thinking patterns. And we found that same kind of futuristic visionary thought process out here in this particular country. And there was a lot of acceptance and excitement about that futurism, you know, futuristic thinking process, innovation, things that excite both of us. Mm. And well, we both we both loved this place, loved the energy. So it was like, you know, it was just something like, let's move. 
And we said, all right. So he, we went back to India and we started planning for the shift. But somehow his projects were getting delayed. There were a couple of projects that he was working on and those projects were getting delayed. So every, you know, it was like, okay, we, we move end of this year. And then by the time end of this year comes, it's like, okay, doesn't seem possible this year, probably next year. So that happened for two years. And then I, I remember this very well. It was, we had planned that December, 2018, we'll move. That was the final after the third rescheduling. So it was December 2018, we move. And November 2018, we both were sitting and you know, it's like he said, I need a little more time because, because there were some regulations which had changed in the changed in the country. So one of his uh, you know, projects had there was a commercial development which he was doing, which was which had been on hold. I said, you know what? It's never gonna happen. And most importantly, our son had, we had come here and got him admission in the school. So I was mm -hmm. like, you know, he starts his um, foundation, like his grade, I, I think that was his uh, big big school as we say it. Mm -hmm. um, After and, the uh, kinder, kindergarten. Yes, start. exactly. So I was like, I don't want to make him shift and jump at that stage. I don't mm -hmm. want to disrupt his education at that stage. So if we gotta move, we gotta move now. And in two weeks time, we were packed and we were putting our stuff in, you know, storage and, you know, and everything. We took five bags and we came to Dubai. That was in December, end of December, we came here. And then we started looking for a place to live. And we got it in January. Then February, we went back to India and got our stuff. And then March, we came and we established a company. We, we registered a company here. In that meantime, I was already working as a consultant. So I was working here with the educational institutions and my husband's work was also going on. So to and fro, it was going on. So it, we were like, you know, slowly and gradually, let's establish thinking, things in Dubai. And uh, we so we formed a company in April. And we didn't know anybody. I just had one friend in Dubai who actually so formed a company. Me. It's your husband's real estate company, is it? No, Future Wits. Future Wits. So, so, yes. So no, me no. and my husband, both of us, we are the co-founders of this company. So we started this company because the work that I was doing in India, again, the consultancy bit, the transformational LND work that we are doing. So in the you know the way this this country thinks about the future the way they this country is moving towards the future we know we could add value with our work we know that you know if we can if what we do is we change the way people think right so if we do that then whatever this the vision that this country has we will become contributing to that and our work will be accepted because of that and that's exactly what has happened Esa. Because the, the country is already thinking futuristic. The country is already in the transition and change phase. So for us to come in and merge into this was quite easy. And so we came, we established a company, we started talking to people and, you know, building connections and networks and then COVID happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you started the company because you already had some connection and you were already consultant? No, so, no. So I, I, was, I was working with educational institutions, Asan. Right. And we were talking about working with the SMEs. Cor SMEs and yes. cor corporates. corporates. Okay. Yes. It was a completely new arena that you wanted to play, play in. Yes, but we saw there is a need. We saw there is a gap. We saw we can add value. We had the... We had the experience the expertise the knowledge because we've done this work in india we were working with smes and corporates in india doing exactly the same thing and we we know that 
okay, this is a place which is already moving in that direction. So, you know, our work will incorporate very well. So we had done that research and then that's when we moved in. But yeah, we didn't have one single uh, connect as in the corporates or in the business world here. I came, we came in, I joined BNI, I joined a couple of other networking groups so that I could, you know, connect with people. But of course, yeah. I was a newbie here. Nobody, I mean, I didn't have the expertise and the experience of this market. So, yeah. you know, for people to get that trust on you that, okay, you know what you're talking about, it takes a little while. Of course, I had the results. I had worked with the biggest names in so India. What's the category your business, if I say, is it a leadership development company or is it a... Um, learning and development company how do you categorize future bits we are into lnd we are into transformational learning and development and leadership development is a part of that so it's not leadership development as a whole is it is learning and development when you are talking about leadership development any development initiatives becomes a part of the lnd function so or in fact it lnd function then goes and it's a part of the organization development function so what we are doing primarily is we do organization change and development through lnd okay so it's an organizational change management and yes we do od od yes we we support od complete od work in organization so organizational change organization culture change organizational development transitions change management all of those is where we support with our uh, transformational LMD initiatives. So what would be a typical project where you will uh, be required to come in? Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. I've worked as a change leader for the government of India, where I was doing capacity development for the entire government, all the departments for the state of Assam, because they had a vision that they wanted to make the government, you know, the, the, all the offices paperless. They wanted internet connectivity to go up. They wanted the working style of the government to change, all right? To align that vision with the people's behavior and mindset was my job. I see. That's so, where I come in. There's no way to connect with people. What did you do then next? Actually, COVID was a blessing in disguise <laughs> because we are, uh, what we say is that we change your people, right? We change behaviors, we change thinking patterns, and that's what COVID needed. It needed a new thinking way, it needed new thinking patterns, it needed a new behavior altogether, because a lot of behaviors have changed. So fortunately, unfortunately, before the COVID, uh, COVID had happened, whatever small uh, connections that I've met, I, I in fact say fortunately, you know, the small group of people that I'd met in, that I'd connected with, and those people also had worked with me on a one-on-one -on -one basis as a coach, as the coach. And also when this happened, we, we had stayed in touch. So when COVID happened, when we were talking and they were telling me about the struggles that the people are going in and, you know, in the business circle, I was not in the business circle, in that particular business circle. So I was not aware of exactly what's happening in the market. Mm. With them, I got that, you know, that pulse of the, pain point which was happening in the market, which was the struggle that people were going in with, you know, cash and credit and a lot of companies closing down and everything. So mm. the pain point that the people, the employees were completely demotivated, scared. They were fearful of going out. I mean, there was a lot of changes which had happened in the employees. I mean, if the companies are struggling, if the business is struggling, then of course a business doesn't, is nothing without their people. And people means customers, internal and external, both. 
Now, here in all of these, we found that, you know, there was a very common factor which was happening and which was, okay, these changes had happened and the employees had experienced that. They could not understand the changes which the market was going through and their employers could not understand the changes that their employees were going through, right. which we could see very well. And so when we went in and we spoke to a couple of them and they said, you know, why don't, okay, since we are anyways on the verge, either we have to close down shop. So there's no point in, there's no harm in uh, trying for a last time. And right. there was two organizations who just came in that, you know, okay, we are losing everything. So let's give it a try. And we stabilized their business. And in three months, they started growing again. So that's where it that all began. Breakthrough, that's, yeah? That's where it all began. That's and how, it how all long began. did it it's, take from the time you uh, launched your business? How long did it take to get these two customers? Uh, it took a year. A year, okay. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, uh, uh, how did uh, the business grow? Is it uh, word of mouth or you had to do some sort of marketing as well? It was all word of mouth. It was all word of mouth because in our, uh, there are a lot of people who do marketing SN and they will come to you, you know, coaches and trainers and everything. But what I, what I believe makes all the difference at the end of the day is the ROI, is the outcome, it's the results. And we had the results to show. So, you know, wherever we've worked, in fact, now the people that we've worked in, when they refer to us, the other person doesn't ask us any questions because they have seen the transition in the in the person who's referred. They've seen the transition in the organization and they asked for us. So it's, it's that phase. First, you know, that first one year was kind of a gestation period, right? You, that was that could have I will I will I will call it my foundation period. I was building my foundation at that time. And what was the biggest challenge? Mainly regulations were the challenges, understanding the regulations and the structures of the of the of this particular market. But apart from that, yeah, when you when people don't know you, so at that time, you know, there was the challenges were more internal for me, for both of us, in fact, because it was like, okay, we we had established ourselves, we had, you know, I mean, in the in, in the in the zone that we were in, we were people who were known for our work, we were people who were, you know, we didn't have to go out and market anymore. Mm. It's it's we had already reached that pinnacle in our in our careers. And again, starting from scratch, where we had to go and tell people, "Hi, my name is Nahid, and mm. I'm a, you know, mm. I'm a coach, and I'm, a, I'm an LND professional, and this is something that I can do for you." And they were like, uh, "Okay, but we don't trust you." I mean, mm. we had, you know, from there to again start from this place. So we used to have these questions of our own self, you know, that what are we doing? And then there were times when it was like you used to lose lose that confidence in yourself that mm. because. You know, this is the reality right now. I'm a nobody here. You know, at mm. that time I was a nobody here. So I and people were questioning my credibility. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I've done 20 years of this work and I've I've done these kind of things. I've I've got those uh, you know achievements it's it's there with me. Mm. But these people they don't know. So they those achievements are for me in my past, but my future. I mean, this this was an amazingly beautiful experience, Hassan, where your past could not influence your future. I had all the achievements in my past. He had all the achievements in his past, but it could not do anything for our future because the place that we were in, nobody knew our past. Nobody even, you know, if, they, if I wanted to show it to them also, it's like, okay, what does it do? Because we were, we were from a different place altogether. So that internal conf, you know, being 
at a, at a place and then starting all over again and having to build that brand, having to build that goodwill, your credibility all over again. I think both of us, we faced the biggest challenges there. There mm. were days mm. when it used to pull us down, you know, when mm. we were like, okay, what, what the hell? Why do we need to answer people on this? Why do we need to convince people of this? Mm. Mm. So but after, I think, you know... So it took a year to get those clients that you just talked about. So that, that was the foundational type. Is there anything else you had to do uh, to market your business apart from the first few client successes because that's again it's a one or two and if you're building a business this one or two is not enough so do you do anything apart from uh, uh, word of mouth or you just i networked i networked i networked a lot because uh, we've got to understand one thing that you know being on the social media is very good mm. but that doesn't get you business no it has to be one it has to be you know it has to be in person because you get a business when there is trust because people have to trust you to give their money to you, you know, to, to, to give that, that thing that, okay, you can come and do or change my business or, you know, take us in a different direction or whatever it is. I'm basically letting you in, in, in my house, in my office, wherever it is. So it's, there's no, and, and believe me, at that time, Esan, uh, when you're starting your business, one bad customer is enough to, to destroy your reputation. Mm -hmm. Very true. You know, so it's it's um it's good to be on social media. It's good to be doing all of those marketing activities. But if you don't network, if you don't meet people yourself, it doesn't make a difference. Definitely, definitely. So anyway, by God's grace, uh, things have moved on. Uh, you oh, mashallah, mashallah, stabilized the business. Now, one uh, vested interest I had in this conversation was you are a master trainer in NLP. And of course, you apply it for your clients. But when you were going through difficult time, of course, you would have applied those tools. Is there anything you'd like to call out in terms of the NLP tools that you have used during those times that would have helped you? Yeah, the, the most important one is become very conscious of the words that you speak to yourself. Like, for example, don't mind, but I'm just going to pick up a word that you had said a little while back when you uh, introduced me and you spoke about the uphill task of establishing a business. Yeah. We never, ever look at it from that perspective. Because okay. when you say uphill, what image does your mind show you? You're saying it's going to be very challenging. Exactly, because you see uphill is basically like this and you see you're, you're struggling to climb that mountain or that right. hill, right? right? So it's an, it's going to be an exciting journey sure, and okay, a learning experience or anything which makes you, which is, you know, gaining and a journey. Okay, you know, you're walking down or it's going to be a, a beautiful path or a, it's going to be a roughy, rough terrain, whatever it is. When you say uphill, it's like, okay, it's out of my reach beyond. It's mm. going to go up. So, mm. you know, the, the yeah. words that you speak to yourself when you are talking about how you're going to go with your business. I find this so much with entrepreneurs and they come with, it is such a difficult task or it is such a challenging task or, all right, good. What about after them? It's, a, it's such a difficult task. What is going to happen when you achieve that task, when you do that task? It's going to be such a big achievement when we are able to actually get it done. Now, that puts your mind into action, into seeing you getting it done. So let me get this right. So one thing I understood, the conscious, being conscious of uh, the words that you use. And the second thing is that the second point you said, like, look at the 
outcome and how you feel when the outcome is achieved is this the second yes. Okay. yes keep your eyes on the goal never keep your eyes on the path you will always get distracted because if you're looking down there'll be some obstacle or the other you move that out and you will find something buried within that and then some big thing else come on the road i have found this happen with so many entrepreneurs so many entrepreneurs they start something and then you know even with professionals in fact you know they are they're focused on something and then something else comes up oh you know what i think this is also a very good opportunity so let me explore this also and then doing that what happens is you are moving in this direction and then you start moving like this away mm. from your goals so mm. when you have a destination when you have a vision in your mind that you know this is where i want to reach this is where i want my business to be and you keep that vision in front of your eyes no matter where you are okay. no matter what you are doing even if you are you know removing obstacles from your path i'm removing obstacles because this is where i've got to reach i am doing this because this is where i've got to reach keep that destination in front of your eyes at any and every given point of time it will keep you focused but the moment you remove your eyes and you start looking at okay this looks like it's a good opportunity that looks like a good opportunity in the meantime let me try this also you you, you will that. lose it no definitely you will lose I got it. that so one is uh, be conscious of the words you use second is keep your eyes on the prize uh, so even if you have no there's not a prize there's a destination there's a so difference the between the prize and the destination the prize keeps changing the destination Oh no! I I that's my destination. You know, it has everything that I want. That feeling, that 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 uh, belongingness, those achievements, that happiness, all of that. So it's a vision. You mean is it or? It is. Okay. It's a vision okay. of you becoming the person that you want to become. Become you know your business becoming the business that you want to want it to become. It's a vision. Without a vision, there is no motivation. Right. So that drives you. So I really like that because being conscious of words, keep your vision in front of you all the time. Don't distract because the mm -hmm. moment you lose sight of it, you will definitely start uh, wavering. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I want to know one more tool if you. if you can all right be in the present moment very difficult one to do a very difficult one to do mm. because especially for an entrepreneur it's always about the future tomorrow it's always about tomorrow it's always about what we are going to do tomorrow what are the goals what we the, what this is what we have to achieve it's all about have to have to have to get in the present moment what are you doing right now what is happening right now what do you have right now what is there with you right now become more present in your present moment have the visions have the goals but live in your present moment it's only then when they will they can become a reality so there is of course a strategy there is a strategy to do that you know get your destination get your goals be in the present moment but what are you doing in the present moment defines what's going to happen tomorrow so i like the ideas uh, the being conscious of words keeping vision in front of you and then being in present moment Now, when things are not working, so for example, for you, it took you a year to find your first set of clients. When things are not working, we are humans. We you know start to doubt ourselves, and some of the things that you said happens. Is there any any specific tool NLP offers that allows you to keep yourself on track apart from these three things that you just talked about? See, NLP is not. I mean. if you talk about any specific tools to keep you on track everybody every human is different every human has different perceptions and filters what works for you may not work for me 
what works for me may not work for the other person. This way. I think every entrepreneur goes through, and I, I also goes through, go through is when things are not working, you start to question yourself. Yes, you do. Yeah. So when that, in that moment, what do you do? You know what, especially today, my suggestion to every single entrepreneur, one suggestion, get a coach for yourself. I have one too. And the reason is you need somebody where you can go and offload. If you keep everything inside you, which usually entrepreneurs do, you know, it's a, it's a lonely journey. Mm. Everybody say this. It doesn't have to be a lonely journey. It's those decisions which you are taking independently. Don't call it a lonely journey. You call it a lonely journey, you start feeling that emptiness and, and that loneliness Same even correct. more amplified. Exactly. First thing you said it's is be conscious of the words you are using. Of the words that you say. It is not a lonely journey. Yes, you have you become responsible for a lot more than you had ever thought you will ever be. Believe me. What people think about entrepreneurship and what it, it actually is are two different things. You will not know it till you experience it, till you walk that path. So get a coach for yourself because when you have a coach, at least you've got one person who's not judging you, who's not uh, stealing your secrets, who's not, you know, uh, going to go and say anything to your clients. You know that this is one person where I can, you know, one place where I can come and I can offload and I can get certain direction because the coach knows what your destination is. The coach knows what your dreams are. So the coach is kind of like the torchlight, which helps you season the dark. So mm -hmm. always keep a coach. And, and I say this to every single entrepreneur whomever you know, I've, I've met and I connect with. I mean, mm -hmm. I have myself because, of course, even there are days when I can't think straight. I mm -hmm. need to go. I need to offload. No, that's what we all need with. that. And I completely uh, conquer with that idea and I'm completely in sync. And I do have a coach. One, one, one additional suggestion that I would like to give, you know, Hassan, is that when things are done, don't ever take them to be permanent. Nothing yeah. in this life Nothing is permanent. permanent. Nothing yeah. in this world is permanent. And life is never a straight line. It's always up and down. That's Definitely. even how your heartbeat goes. You know, it's always yeah. up and down. If it's a straight line, you're dead. So if Definitely. it's up and down, that means you are moving. Any progress any progress even if it is you know one single conversation a phone call with somebody is progress yes so start very, start looking at your progress start looking yeah, at true. things yes you 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 touched upon a very good point so most entrepreneurs not entrepreneurs even professionals uh, who are in jobs they kind of undermine their little successes and they're always waiting for that big success to come before they feel happy uh, yes, but yes, you, you because... postpone your happiness. Right, right. And when you postpone your happiness at this present moment, I'm not happy. And when I'm not happy, is my productivity and my performance going to be the best that I can give? Not at all. I'm not happy, right? So yes. there is so many things that I'm holding back inside me. Very true. So one of the techniques uh, I'm part of a group coaching where the coach uses is when we get in there together, first thing for maybe for first 10 minutes, it's all about in last one week, what has been, what have been little wins. So we can't mm -hmm. call, you know, the smallest win, you know, say, you know, I was able to do my first video, little mm -hmm. win, or mm -hmm. I was able to bring myself into a routine, which was disturbed and so on and so forth, all little wins. 
And the very interesting thing he said is the mind doesn't really differentiate between a little win or a big win. So win is a win. And when you start to count your win, you build momentum. So fantastic. I really liked it. So I got a little bit of insight into uh, NLP uh, thought process. Of course, this conversation is not only about NLP. This conversation was more about a professional comes to a new country and how he or she starts and the early days of challenges and how you uh, conquer it and then you know establish a business. So as of uh, today, how does the future which look like? It's uh, two and a half, three years, three years? We, we will be three in April. Three and in the last 2020 and 2021, uh, we've won five awards. Five awards. Yes, and we were the finalists for the Gulf SME, Gulf Capital SME Awards of Customer Focus of the Year. That is a very, very prestigious award here in the Gulf. So we were one of the top finalists of that. And that itself was a very big high for us because, you know, we just it's just two years that we've been here. And in the second year, the, to get this kind of a recognition for our work was amazing. So that's where we are in terms of the recognition part, in terms of work. We are now in 16 countries. We have collaborations in three different countries with three different organizations that we're working with them as supporting LD support partners and leadership development. We are also a part of various forums. We've got a major majority of our business clients are online. So we are working as advisors, as consultants to business owners in countries like uh, South America, in, in, in different places in, in um, Sweden, in Australia, in India. We are there in, in we are there and we are growing. Yeah, that's that's what I would like to say. And that's our collaborations are growing. It's, uh, it's beautiful, you know, very interesting. So I understood the Dubai part of it, which was mostly networking and word of mouth. So how did you get into 16 countries? What was the, what, what work did you do that resulted into customers in all these countries? Networking, networking word of mouth, and How do you network internationally? Okay, so of course, there are different platforms for that, you know, LinkedIn is just one of them. There are various other platforms which are there for networking. Apart from that, you know, the best way to do it is start in the, especially as a, as a you know, as a first time entrepreneur or a new entrepreneur, start giving without expecting. That's when you start building a lot of networks. That's when you start building a lot of good connections. With Can entrepreneurs, you give us an example of what in I am, your, I am. your area of expertise, what do you give and where do you give? Because I'm thinking of how have you expanded it internationally? Dubai part was very clear in my mind how you went about. I'm keen to understand what kind of knowledge or expertise that you were sharing that attracted people around the around the globe you can you can always offer you know webinars or to be in the seminars as you know pro bono work or even with your old connects if you can just reconnect with them uh, and they can probably introduce you but going international of course that you look at international forums which mm -hmm. are there which are in the same line that you're working with like for example asan now you are into podcasts. So now there are international podcasters who are there, right? So hmm. just go into those forums and, you know, be there, connect with those people, network with those people. And then checking on those top topics, which is happening out there, you know, in those, in those groups, start giving out something like, you know, maybe a 30 minutes webinar or, a, you know, a 30 minutes call on this particular thing and an open call, not a one-on-one. -on -one. It's an open one. Anybody who wishes can join. Start doing those. The more you give, the more you 
spring. Mm, I got that idea. So for you, it would be more on the, is it going to be on the NLP based conversation? Yes, it was on NLP based conversations. And, you know, you have, as I said, you have your experience. Like for example, see in the, in the current scenario, what was happening, there was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of, especially when COVID right. came in and right. the pandemic started, a lot of people started panicking. There was a lot of anxiety. What is happening? Panic stricken was, you know, one word which was going on in every, mm. every. So I started offering, you know, that, you know, how do you, how do you calm I yourself down? I got it. In I fact, it. yeah, exactly. So just started doing those 30 minutes, 45 minutes webinars for people. They benefited. Then they got in touch, built connections. They got in, you know, from different parts. Like one of my collaborators from Brazil was actually on one of my webinars. Got it. Got it. So networking is far, uh, is the key and in online. So you, pretty, if I may ask, you predominantly use LinkedIn, is it? No, not necessarily. I have, of course, I love LinkedIn for this. There's a separate reason for that because it's given me some amazing friends. And also I find that, you know, there's a, no matter what people say about LinkedIn today, but I always find that there's, there's a lot of knowledge which is there on that platform. So if you're looking for knowledge, there's, there's a flood of knowledge on that platform. And there's, there's uh, various platforms which had come in, like there's one which is called Coffee, Coffee Mug uh, Connections. And yeah, then there's, mug, yeah. what I did was I used to go to these particular groups, you know, you can find them on Facebook. Okay, so... So a lot of uh, new platforms like, like Coffee Mug, which is has got some sort of AI-based logic in there when you put in uh, what you are and what kind of uh, uh, conversation you want to have, it automatically spits out a number of people every week or every week you mm. can, you know, raise you your can hand connect with them, exactly. Get on the call. That's an extraordinary, uh, you know, facility that entrepreneurs have got. So you know, thanks for sharing yeah. that. A lot of people may not even uh, know or even if they've heard about it, they may not even consider like, oh, does it really help? In your right. mind, it helps a lot, right? Because you... you Any networking helps. You log Any in and it tells helps, you these yeah. many people, these are the people who are live and you can send the request and get on the call immediately. Yes. Uh, which yes. is probably not possible in LinkedIn. It's not, LinkedIn doesn't have that sort of facility where it is connecting you automatically with kind of people you want it. So, you know, the way I, uh, if I can summarize what I've understood, uh, Nahid, is uh, if you're starting new, in a new country, of course, it requires courage. And beyond that, you got to network, 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 online and offline both. And today there are so many facilities, like you talked about Clubhouse, you talked about Lunch Club. LinkedIn also helps you build a bit of personal brand and connections. So there are a lot of opportunities to network and that is key in the early stage of entrepreneurship. Second thing you talked, which is of very, very high value is give. I'm a big fan of Bob Burke and, and David Mann who wrote a book called Go Giver. It's a series now. It's a three, three or four books. Same thing. He said, it's all about giving first and then taking. So when I looked at your, look at your first year of journey, it was kind of putting those foundations, building the trust by giving rather than expecting a client to come. And that doesn't happen when you don't have uh, trust with in, in the marketplace, even if you have credibility somewhere else. That's the you know, people people forget this, Hassan, that yeah. people connect with people. people. They don't connect with strategies. They don't connect with no. your, uh, your, no. your marketing. They don't connect with your social media pictures. They connect with people. Got it. So it's like, you know, you can, you can have that first conversation, you can get that first conversation, you can get that, you know, your project, the first project, but the continuity, the consistency, it, it depends on only one thing, and that is trust. Got it. So in terms of uh, a couple of final questions before we wrap up, in terms of your work, if I understood you, 
you are involved in organizational change management. You bring in your learning and development experience and the, and the NLP knowledge to basically change people's uh, uh, mind, the way they think. And it's beyond yeah, the strategy. I... You know, people give the strategy and a step-by-step approach and things like that, but people still may not act. So that's where you bring in. Is it not difficult to sell to somebody saying that, oh, you have the strategy, you have this, you have that, but I'll come and, you know, you know, do something with your mind. Uh, do people accept? And why accept? Why do they okay. accept? Not everybody accepts because, okay, you, you know, people are still of that um, mindset that, you know, if you have good strategies, it is going to work. That's, yeah, that's a alpha male, you know, typical entrepreneur. That's the mm. way they think, yeah. Yeah, so, so you, you have, you, so you you have good strategies. You no, them? I don't. See, the thing is, Ehsan, it's not about me leaving anybody. It's about them wanting to work with me. So I, I think of it from that perspective. It's, I don't pursue people. You know, I tell them what I do. And if that is something that you want, okay, to work, I'm, I'm willing to work with you. But if, if you it's not something that you want, I don't push. Because mm-hmm. that way, is the first and the most important thing about my work is you have to want it. Got it. If there is no, if there is no want, you know, and if I have to push myself on you, then at every point, I will first have to convince, keep convincing you. And that is going to impact my own work, you know, and, and what I say to an organization is that I am the one who's going to bring in one thing and, uh, you know, that is going to make every strategy a success. And that is the buy-in from your people. And a buy-in, which is by their own will, not because you are saying it to them or I'm going to say it to them or anybody's going to say it to them. It's going to be based on their own will. So I am the one who actually goes inside their head and pulls out, plugs in internal motivation. And it stays on. It becomes like a one-on-one leadership coaching or it it is done in groups? Both. 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 I do both. Yes, I do both. It's okay. it can be group, it can be one-on-one. There are when we do projects with organization, those are projects which are for six months to 12 months. And in that we work separately with teams and separately with leaders so that we can create bridges between them. Got because it. at the end of the day, son, it's all about understanding people. Got it. No, that's fantastic. So I've got I got quite a few things about your journey into entrepreneurship. Is there anything else that you had in your, in your mind that I did not ask? I think I had. When I started as an entrepreneur, Asam, there were a lot of people, well-meaning, well-wishers. And I don't mean it from a taunting perspective, but they actually were people who are, who, you know, generally wanted to help. But the help was not helpful for me. The reason I'll tell you this. So there were a couple of people who told me that if you survive three years in Dubai, you will be able to make it. Then there were some who said that if you are able to survive one and a half years as an entrepreneur, you will still pull along. Then there were some who said that, you know what, it's going to break you. It's going to break your bones. It's going to break your back. It's that back breaking a task to become an entrepreneur. But it's okay. If you you survive that, it's all right. And then there were some who said that, oh, you come from a business background. Business is in your blood. What do you need? You will know how to do it. I got all of these different things from different people, Esan, and I still remember them. It's not that I've forgotten them. But one thing which I made sure was it never went inside my head. Mm. I never believed in them. I heard them. 
but mm -hmm. I believed in one thing and that is that's your journey mine can be different mine will be different because I'm a different person mm -hmm. you know and I, I I didn't come here to become one of the followers I I know that I'm a person who's always led I've led my transitions, I've led my life, I've led my career, I've led my growth, I've led my success, I've led my life. So when it comes to my business, I'm going to lead it too. Hmm. I don't have to follow anybody. So Self-belief is uh, extremely, extremely important. Absolutely. And for an entrepreneur, for a professional, no matter who you're talking about, it doesn't matter. If you want to become anybody in your life, whether it is a success or your failure, it all depends on how, what you believe. No, definitely. So last two questions. One is if you had to advise a 20 year old Naheed, what would you say? You're doing very good. And you know what? The, the path that you're working right now, it's exactly what you need to do because that's going to take you where you, where you want to go. Excepting I would have told my younger self only one thing is there were times in my career, in, in my life, when I made certain career decisions because, you know, I wanted to keep the peace in my family. So I gave up a couple of things in my career. I gave up a couple of promotions, a couple of opportunities. I shouldn't have, I should have spoken. I didn't mm. speak then. So, you know. Kind of listens as I regret. I get that. I get that. What's the best way to be connected if somebody wants to reach out to you? To I'm there you? on all social media platforms. I have a website which is by my name as well as there is a company website. So if you don't remember anything, just remember my name. I'll, Khan. I'll, put, I'll yeah. put all these things in the, yeah. in the yeah. uh, show notes. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, thank you for uh, coming on board. And it was lovely talking to you. And got to understand it was my pleasure. And, it was uh, my pleasure. Yeah, good concepts on NLP and uh, good advice on uh, entrepreneurship where things go wrong. And especially on the mind aspects of it, that's where your forte is and uh, you gave a few very good points. So thank you for everything. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast with your host Ehsan Ali. Hope you learned a thing or two from Nahid's story. What I got from her is networking is key uh, in building a business. She did networking both offline and online. It was surprising that her credibility built with renowned companies like State Bank of India also did not help her in her startup journey. NLP is definitely core to what she does and I like the techniques she shared including the words that we use, how it impacts us. What did you get from Nahid's journey? Let me know and if you are someone feeling stuck in your career or keen to transition into entrepreneurship, do connect with me on LinkedIn. I may be able to help you myself or will connect you with someone who's already been on the journey you are contemplating right now.